This is Camp Life, the program side. A weekly podcast for summer camp professionals. Hosted by Kurt Jackson and Chris Callow. Now it's time for another entertaining episode. Exploring the fantastical world of summer camp programming. Alright, welcome back to Scamp Live, the programming side. Give me an S. The programming side. Give me a T. Give me an E. Give me an M. What's that spell? Stam! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. So I thought in you this... were gonna spell scamp life. And then it's I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're off. It's a C. Eh, eh. In this episode, we are talking about STEM activities. Uh, Chris, this was your idea, and you've got a lot of, lot of stuff. I, I like STEMmy things. Yeah, yeah, STEM's, STEM's well, cool. and we, I back in the day, kind of when I first started, outdoor ed was the big mm. buzzword, and I feel like outdoor ed has become STEM. It's just whatever the current buzzword is. Uh, if you're not doing these, these are a great way to get school groups at your camp to do field trips, things like yeah. that. Um, we even do, we'll have hosts, we call them discovery days, but it's essentially STEM or outdoor ed for homeschool groups. So they can come during the day of a school year and kind of do their own little field trip and things like that. STEAM. So, Steam. Yeah, you, I like the the A too. I enjoy <laughs> adding an art. But well, we're not going to add arts in this no. episode. So we're just talking STEM. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you have science stuff in your list? Most of my stuff is science. <laughs> okay. Do you have any technology? Uh, yes. Do you have engineering? No. Well, yeah. No, I do. I do. And do you have mathematics? I do not have math. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any math at all. <laughs> I guess math just kind of goes in with a lot of stuff, but yeah. you're using math. You got to use things. math. Yeah, I guess. exactly. Yeah. All right. So here, uh, here's what we're going to do. Let's, you've got a longer list than I do. How about you okay. do two? I'll do one and we'll kind of go back and forth that way. Sounds Ping good. Pong. All right. Pong. All right. First one on my list is BattleBots. And Kurt, I actually got this from you. Um, you did a whole blog post on this on mm. your summer camp program directors. What, what is summercamppro.com? Did, did I? You did. Okay. And that's where I got all this information from, where to get it and ideas. Um, but I essentially bought uh, little RC cars and you, I have four of them. And what you do is you have four different teams. They get cardboard, they get skewers they get masking tape and they deck out their car and the goal is um when they're done they're all gonna battle each other and you tie a balloon onto the back of each car and so they're trying to pop the other team's balloons or if their car gets flipped upside down they're stuck they can't move for longer than 10 seconds uh they're out so whether the balloon gets popped or they get stuck they can't move for 10 seconds they're out um, and then they get to battle for a little bit, but yeah, going back and forth, it is usually people, the campers, the retreat groups have loved doing it. Okay. So. Listen, so this, this is, you got this idea from something else. Now I know I've talked about, uh, RC cars. I have a couple of things about RC cars, but not, maybe that's, maybe that's where I stole it from. Yeah. Not the whole, cause you battling. have where to buy a map. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's. But I like your I like your idea of because my thing were it, it was like just being on a track and doing stuff. And I always thought that would be neat to have at camp okay. as a RC track. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, you kind of combine that battle bots thing, which is cool. I really like yeah. that. 
So. All right. And then uh, second one for me is roller coasters, building roller coasters out of foam pipe insulators, I think is what they are. Mm -hmm. um, and what we do, they're the little, I don't know, they're about an inch in diameter, little foam pipe insulators. So you give each group about three of those. They get some masking tape, duct tape, some cardboard and a marble. And then you tell them what they have to do is they have to build a roller coaster that the marble safely. So it makes it to the end goes through. They have to have one complete inversion where they go upside down. They have to have two consecutive hills. So back to back hills. And then they have to, at some point in the coaster, also make a turn that is 90 degrees or more. And so then they build their coaster and then they, um, after that, they have like about an hour or so to build it. And then we test drive it, test run it. So I will put the marble in and we do it three times. And each time the marble makes it successfully to the end counts as a point. So three points is the max you can get, but you can definitely get less if your marble falls off or, you know, gets stuck on a hill, doesn't make it all the way through. And so, yeah. So right it's always been a fun one. It, it's great for the older kids, the younger kids. It's definitely hard for them yeah. to kind of manipulate the cardboard and foam the way they need it to be. Now, if it were me, I would give each time it rolls, it wouldn't be one point. It'd be 100 points. Oh yeah. Well, because points are free. So why not make it free more? <laughs> why not? Um, and I think with all these activities, they could be just activities or you can, they could be kind of learning. So you could talk mm -hmm. about what goes into, uh, you know, as far as the science behind it or the engineering behind it and the physics of these different things. Um, or you can just do it as an activity, which is my first one is making ice cream and where you put in the Ziploc bags, you're putting the milk, you're using the rock salt, um, and you're just kind of creating your, and there's a lot of chemistry that goes into this that you could talk about, or you can yeah. just eat the ice cream. Just um, <laughs> so this is something that's always, uh, enjoyable to do. It's that the, the, the key is to keep the salt out in, of the ice yeah, cream <laughs> in the right spot and not in your ice cream. Because as soon as any salt hits that ice cream, it's done. Mm -hmm. It's ruined unless you're pouring a lot of, you know, chocolate syrup on it or something. But I really like doing the whole homemade ice cream thing and the Ziploc bags and we use towels to spin it. And, mm -hmm. um, but it, it can be a STEM activity uh, if you want to talk about the chemistry of it. Yeah, like that. Uh, next on my list, I'm going to do a couple rockets. Mm -hmm. So one of them is air rockets. And this is where um, you build using PVC pipe. You build a little rocket launcher. And so all it is is um, I think it's like a half inch diameter PVC pipe. You have one, I don't know, about a 12 inch long of it facing at a 45 degree angle. Then you have your little 45 degree connector. Then you have another 12 inch long of that half. I'm trying to describe this. Is everybody writing I, this down? Uh, um, <laughs> it's in my book. It's in my still this book. If you want to get it from there. Um, but you have your other, your other one. And then you put a two liter bottle on the end. And so that fits right in the end. And so what happens is you make your rocket, you stick it on the end and you can stomp on the two liter stomp bottle rocket. And it, yeah, yeah, it shoots your, your rocket out. But the rocket is just made out of cardstock. And you talk about how nose cones and how the wings or the 
fins of the rocket, how to make those so you can get longer distances. Um, this is really nice because the kids can change it up really easy. It doesn't take much to change this and uh, what do you experiment mean with it? it. Wait, so you said two liter bottle, then you said it was cardstock. So the, the two liter bottles on the end of the rocket launcher, the, okay. this is all the launcher. And then the rocket is made out of just cardstock. So ah, you wrap it up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, everything on cardstock and masking tape. And so, so you're not shooting the two liter bottle. That's no, no. That's what air. you stomp on. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And so after the rocket goes flying out, you can tell the kids like, oh, like your nose cone. Sometimes you stomp on the, the bottle, the nose cone flies off like, oh, you need to secure your nose cone better. Or they realize it doesn't fly very well. It kind of flies flimsy. It's like, OK, change your fins up, make bigger right. fins. So it's very stimmy because there is a lot of experimenting with it, going back and changing it up and trying again. OK. Um, the other rockets I have is water rockets. Now, I have a specific water rocket launcher that I bought um, online had made for this, but you can find these. If you Google search just water rocket launcher, there's a lot out there that you can easily find through PVC pipe, how to make. But what you're doing is it's the rocket is made out of a two liter bottle and then a smaller soda bottle. They're not a liter, whatever they are, like 12 ounces of soda, uh -huh. like a normal soda bottle. Um, that's your front. The big two liter is your base of the rocket. They connect at the bottoms of the soda bottles, tape them in the middle. Um, so you got the, the two nozzles pointing opposite ends and then the big bottle, you fill about halfway full of water and you stick it on this launcher and then you pump it full of air and it gets compressed, um, uh, about a hundred PSI or so. And then when you release it, it shoots out that air pushes the water out. So the rocket shoots up. Um, it goes about 200 feet in the air, usually about 60, 70 miles an hour. It goes pretty fast. Um, it's super cool. The problem with it is when it comes down and lands, it usually destroys the bottle. And so you mm. can't do a whole lot of experiment. Sometimes you can, it just depends on how it lands, but you can't do a lot of experimenting with it and changing it up and making it better. Um, so when we teach this, we talk about different ways to add your fins. You know, if you put them at a kind of an angle, it'll make your rocket spin, which can make it go higher. If the spinning is done correctly, if you put them a certain way, it makes it more like an airplane. So it kind of flies or floats farther, but doesn't shoot as high, things like that. And so we talk about how changing your fins on it will work for that. But nice. All right. I these like are rockets. all also, I say both of those are in my steal this. Um, my Shameless very first steal plug. This, yeah. My very first steal this book that's on Patchwork Marketplace. So. <laughs> uh next on my list is air cannons have you made an air cannon where you shoot air at each other oh we, i know i bought them I've seen them yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm -hmm. so they're really not hard to make using a five gallon so the kids get to make air cups i guess we use the red solo cups they cut the end pull a balloon they and then they can shoot little things of air but i have also made and then we play with big air cannons so using a five gallon bucket um, and some elastic and some tarp, you can make a bigger air cannon. And we have a giant air cannon using one of the big trash cans, the big 50 gallon trash cans, tarp and elastic. And so, um, the kids make the little ones, they try and shoot over, you know, try and see if you knock over a cup or something like that, or blow the balloon. Then we use the bigger ones. Um, I also use a fog machine. We'll fill it with there the fog so go. they can see the smoke rings coming out, but yeah. So that's fun. Air cannons, really easy to make. Just Google YouTube search DIY air cannons. I like so. uh, um, Philip Drake did a workshop 
um, for oh, yeah. scamp, one of the scamp cons, and he used mm-hmm. that and did the smoke rings. That yeah, was fun. They're, they're, they're cool. Like, it's yeah. so neat. So, and then another one we do, we call Mad Science. And this is really experimenting with safe uh, chemicals, essentially. And so, like, baking soda and vinegar and these things. So we don't tell the kids what the actual things are. We don't tell them this is baking. So we don't tell them this is flour. We don't tell them, but we have funny names for them. You know, this is whatever. I don't know. I can't remember what they're <laughs> called right now, but we have funny names for everything. So they all have like a funny name. Um, very mad sciencey, you know, like this is lizard bones and this mm-hmm. is, uh, this is Frankenstein vomit, something like that. And so they get a chance to kind of, that they have to write down what they use. So they use, you know, one cup of lizard bones eyes and, of newt. and two drops of, yeah, eyes of newt. Uh, and then they have blood. to write down what it does <laughs> when they mix it together. What is the reaction? What happens? Does it change color? Things like that. So like some of the things is just food coloring. Like we'll have yeah. just food coloring or we'll have some bleach or things like that. And so you have to make sure all the chemicals you have, you have to make sure, you know, don't get bleach and ammonia because if they mix those together, it's very dangerous. They'll die. <laughs> yeah. And so make sure the chemicals you get when they're mixed with anything is safe. But then the kids get to experiment a little bit and like, ah, oh, did you know you put the lizard bones and the eye of newt together, it makes like a volcano. Well, it's baking soda and vinegar. And so, yes, it's going to shoot up and do things like that. Or Alka-Seltzer is another fun one. We'll crush up Alka-Seltzer. Um, we, we've even done Mentos. We've crushed up Mentos and Diet Coke. Those are just the ingredients. We've given them fun names. So when they put those together, it fizzes everywhere and things like that. But yeah. Nice. Well, kind of staying on that page, elephant toothpaste. Oh, yeah. So using the liquid dish soap, the food coloring and the hydrogen peroxide and letting it just kind of shoot out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of tutorials online. Mark Roper does the, the biggest one. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's different record setting for the stuff that he does just so you know, cause I got real excited when I wanted to make elephant toothpaste thinking uh-huh. it would do that. That is a special chemical that is dangerous. Mm. and you have to have um you can't just order it you can't just order the special chemical you have to have like some kind of your government clearance yes (laughs) and so the elephant toothpaste you're able to make will slowly come out of the bottle and just overfill but But if you want the one super cool yeah it's super cool if you want the one to shoot up you can't (laughs) yeah no we used to do this for um our harry potter camp and it is really really cool Mm -hmm. the elephant toothpaste the kids love it uh so Yep, that's a great STEM activity. Oh, yeah, totally love that one. So my next two have to do with trees. So we have at camp, we have a lot of variety of trees. And so I have a whole tree trail where um, we have identified the trees. We know what they are. And then they have little markers on them. And campers will go around and they have what's called a tree fandex. Good luck finding those online. They're hard to find. Mm. Um, I ended up going on eBay is where I found all of mine. Um, but everyone gets a Fandex and it spreads out. It's got all the trees on it. Talks about the tree on the, it shows what kind of berries they have or fruit, what kind of bark, um, what their leaves look like. And then campers will go through and they'll come up to tree number one and they try and identify it by looking through the tree Fandex. And so I actually have an, on our tree trail, we have 12 different trees that they have to identify. Um, the other thing we do is we come back and then we learn about tree cookies, which is a slice of a tree. Um, that is a heads up because I sat through a class and learned about tree cookies and thought I was getting a snack. You do not get a snack. Tree cookies (laughs) are slices. Um, and we talk about, you know, what 
what the rings mean. So each ring means a year. We talk about if they see a scar on the tree, like maybe lightning hit it or a bird or somebody broke off a branch or, you know, an animal or something. Um, we talk about new growth when it's growing a new branch out of it, what that looks like in the tree cookie or the slice when they have it. And then they get a large cake, like a cardboard cake sheet. I, guess. I don't know what those are called, like a cake plate. You'd make cake on these big cardboard round circles and they make a tree cookie of their life. So they know they have to do however many rings or however old they are. Maybe some years, like when they were five or six, there was big growth. So it's a little bit bigger ring where maybe between years eight, nine, it was a smaller growth. Maybe there's some scars in their life, some things that happen that aren't very good, that were hard on them or some new growth. And then they get a chance. It's totally volunteer. They don't have to do it, but a chance to share about their life. And so this really helps. Um, I know like our foster kids camp, um, our, our children of prisoners camp those weeks that for them to just kind of share and be a little open or they can choose not to say anything. But sometimes some kids just need that time to like, hey, I just I need to get this off my chest. I need to tell someone. And making a tree cookie out of it is kind of a cool way to do that. So, yeah. Besides the the therapeutic, I mm-hmm. guess, uh, element, just doing that activity is going to remind you of all that stuff. Because I know, I I went to outdoor education yeah. and we learned a lot of different things that I promptly forgot. Yeah. But if you take those lessons and you do kind of that activity, I love that activity. You're going to remember. Oh, the rings are the years. And they have scars and that type of thing. So yeah, it just kind of brings it home. All right. Is, is you still have one, right? Those, those are my two tree ones. Gotcha. That one, okay. That's up to you. So my next one would be uh, to build a catap- catapult uh, out of craft sticks or um, a trebuchet. And there are different ways you can do this. Again, YouTube or blogs are going to be your a guide to putting these together because there's a lot of different ways you can even get kits you could buy kits that have the uh, supplies you need to make these or you can even get like robotics kits that are going to you know catapult something uh so i i have even seen it's almost like life size so they're like three feet tall but you can do a lot of different things with putting together catapults or trebuchets and it's fun. It's fun to shoot projectiles. What's that? I said, they're very fun. Yeah. Large, large projectiles are even more fun. (laughs) Shoot them at something and destroy it. It's amazing. (laughs) A little angry birds kind of thing. A little bit. Yeah. All right. My next couple ones deal with fire. Uh, We talked about a couple episodes ago, dangerous activities, Um, but we do teach fire starting here at camp. Um, We get the, uh, flint and uh, steel, and we we learn how to do that. We get even just magnesium and kind of what that looks like. Little fire stars. I have uh, microscopes, learning how to start fire with a microscope, or even I have a solar one that looks like a concave mirror with a little spring on the end that we'll learn how to do that. And we talk about fire starting, fire safety with that, but getting to start fires. And then usually we tie it in with fire starting. We also do smoke printing. Have you ever done smoke printing, Kurt? I have not. This is where you use the smoke. And you let a, like a piece of paper collect the smoke and you collect it as kind of like ink almost. And so you have all of this smoke that you collect on one sheet of paper and then you will put um, like a, 
I don't know, like you put it on another sheet of paper. So you're you're matching up to another, and then you would take a leaf or something with some rivets, and you like press all over it, and you like rubbing all over it. And then when mm-hmm. you release the two papers, that that smoke that you collected has then transferred the shape of the leaf onto your other paper. So kind of like using a carbon copy paper way back in the day when checkbooks and things like had that. Um, but you're you're just rubbing that leaf, so you get kind of a leaf design. Yeah, that's cool. Made with smoke, but tying it in with the fire. So you're so up. That, oh, I'm up. It's those are my two. Already. Those are my fire ones. <laughs> I'm trying to tie in all my similar ones together. So gotcha. All right. So my next one would be to work with an Arduino. Uh, mm. What? Well, how would you describe what an Arduino is to somebody who has no idea? It's, it's like essentially a little, like a little techie. Electronic computer board, yeah, that you program to do something you want it to do, right? You have to have a computer, mm-hmm. you have to have the, Ar- the Arduinos, which aren't as expensive as you might think. No, um, you do have to have like a little what they call a breadboard, and you've got to have um, your wires and that type of thing. So it is an investment, but if you're putting together a STEM program, especially the Arduinos, because we, Arduinos could be used for so many yes. cool projects, uh, and, and different things. Uh, they are used in escape rooms all the time to, if you solve a puzzle, you can make something happen, um, in a sequence or, but you can make, um, music through it. You can most of the robotics programs use Arduino yep, to make yep. the robots do what they want. <laughs> so, and there are kits that you can get. Yeah, you can do an Arduino like robot car. Uh, you can make a little game console. You could do like home or room automation. I mean, just it goes on and on the things that you can do with an Arduino. It would be a very cool uh, thing to look into check it out. There are kits. There are a lot of instructions. There's a lot of uh, videos and a lot of the kids are getting into it. Um, if you're creating a makerspace, that's not just crafts makerspace, but like in electronics and, and uh, creator makerspace, then Arduino has got to be one of your things besides a 3d printer. Um, yeah. So check it out. Arduinos are incredible. There is a learning curve to it. So you're going to need to either find somebody who knows all about Arduinos to teach this, or you're going to have to learn it. And I mean, who's got the time to do that, but uh, find, find somebody who knows because it's, it's popular. Next two for me. Um, So one of the ones we do is we do shelter building out here at camp. We uh, have a good size forest out here at our camp with lots of fallen limbs and things like that. And so we will build shelters. And so the way we do is we give each camper about five feet of paracord, um, some little safety scissors. They're like worthless scissors. They're not going to do much cutting, but they'll cut the paracord. (laughs) And then I also give them a little instruction booklet that talks about different shelters they can build. And so they can see all the different choices. And then the goal is they have an hour to build a structure that will keep them safe in a storm is what we kind of say. Uh, and our rules are you can work alone, that's fine, or you can work in a group, but however many people are working on your shelter, that many people have to be able to fit in the shelter. And mm. so about 30 minutes into the project, 
we say everyone freeze and we have a fake storm where I just a small one, not a big one, but I will go around and just lightly shake each shelter and see if it will hold. Sometimes they fall apart in the fake storm. And I'm not trying to break them <laughs> right. just like it's just a little shaking. Uh, and then at the very end at the one hour mark, first of all, they have to show they can fit in it. So they get in to show they fit and then they get out and we have a hurricane and we shake it like none other to see if it will survive a big storm. And so that's a fun one with the shelter building. That's All right. Fun. What was the next one? <laughs> next one. Uh, parachutes. Um, and this I got is making parachutes. You can go to the King of Random YouTube page. And that's where I learned how to make all of these parachutes. They are fun. We launch them. Um, you know, they it's, it's really easy. It's pretty cheap too. everything you can get from like the dollar store. But just making parachutes and the kids what, get to. But you throw throw yeah yeah not your own parachutes <laughs> they're like it's for little uh balloons filled with rice and so okay. we have a little we had that on the king of random you they teach you how to make this kind of slingshot too so you can pull it back and okay, launch the parachute gotcha. up in the air and when it gets to a certain point the parachute unfolds because i remember the, as a kid buying like the little army guy mm -hmm. who had the parachute and you chuck it up to yeah. the sky and it just kind of sometimes it, it unfolds yeah. and and I always thought that was cool, but yeah, I like that. Yeah, idea. very similar, except it'd be yeah. a balloon of rice. Yeah, so. yeah, cool. All right. Uh, my next one would be slime. Everybody loves slime, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I guess what the thing I that you don't want to use is borax, right? Because that's not the. I, I, you don't want to use any of it, especially if you have carpet. <laughs> Worst. I love slime. I think my slime children cool. are. And there's so many different <laughs> things you can add to it. And and there's a lot of tutorials, but yeah, I know the the thing that we always kind of stayed away from was the borax, though that's the best thing to yeah. use. But if you have kids who might eat it, then that's that's an issue. But if you have teens and stuff, well, I think um, it's a, about there was something I saw that it was like how much because it can seep in, I guess, a little through your skin. Oh. So it's about you know, you're making one thing a slime, you're fine. You're yeah. making one thing a slime every five minutes and it's a little more dangerous. Gotcha. So, gotcha. I think that's what it was. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's so many tutorials online for the slime, but kids love it. Uh, and it can be done where it doesn't get all over the carpet. Mm, no, I've never seen bit. it done. Where it <laughs> yeah. Children are messy. <laughs> my own children, at least. I don't know about other people's. Right. But uh, next on my list, clay creations. Um, so we have where we're at, where our clay, our creek is. Uh, we have some nice clay that we actually pull right from the ground and make clay out of that. You have to like kind of mold it, knead it, get all the rocks and stuff out of it. Or you can just go buy nice molding clay and let kids just create with it. So I guess this is a little bit of the art but yeah, um that's true we use and say we tie in the nature when we get it out of our creek and so learning how to deal with clay there oh, um yeah. another one we do is we do knots and rope making and so another one from the king of random how to make a rope making machine that is really cool that you twist and or you can attach a drill to so it goes faster but otherwise the kids can just sit there and twist it um, but twist up and make a three-stranded rope, which is really very interesting. Um, the problem is only what you can only make one rope at a time. So only one kid's doing it at a time. Usually it takes one or two helpers, but then the other kids need something to do. So I have, they learn how to tie knots. So once they've, okay. you know, they have some ropes there to play with learning some different knots and things like that. So 
I've learned yeah. so many knots in in the past and have forgotten them all. Like if you oh, don't yeah. constantly use it, then yeah, if you're not, that's one of those things. It's not like riding a bike. You remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, my last one, and this is probably the oldest STEM activity there is, uh, and it was an activity before I think STEM was ever a thing. Uh, is the classic egg drop. You mm-hmm. get your uncooked or this the the not hard-boiled egg um and you have to drop it from a height and make sure that it doesn't crack so you and your group your team get supplies like straws like uh i mean paper paper tape tape, yes all the all the good stuff some cotton balls maybe i don't know there's different if you go online you'll see different sets of supplies that you can use. Uh, and then you take it up, you build your little shelter around your egg, take it up to a second story building and drop it and see whose egg survives. And I love it. It's just a fun activity. I've done that one. Yeah. It's enjoyable. Oh yeah. So. Done it a few times. All right. My last two, uh, one of them is microscopes. And so we have these little pocket microscopes that I bought off of Amazon. Um, very small, nothing super fancy. They got a little battery in them, um, but we'll go on a hike and they get their little pocket microscopes they can take with them. So they'll find something, they'll look at it in the pocket microscope, decide if they want to keep it or not. And then after the hike, we'll come back to the computer or the TV where I, I have a computer and I have a USB microscope attached to that. And so we will take whatever they found on the hike and then look at it under the USB microscope, which is a lot, zooms in a lot more. And so that's always fun to look at. The, cool. uh, one of our favorites, one kid had a leaf and he's like, oh, I just thought it was a really cool leaf. Well, we got it under the USB microscope and there was something teeny tiny crawling oh. around on it. And so that was like really neat to kind of look at and have that. So that was very fun. A little scary and then, too. Yeah, a little scary. <laughs> and then also um, we have a rock collection here at camp. I Every time I go around, especially if you go somewhere with a gift shop, things like that, I have started collecting rocks and labeling them and then getting a chance to bring them to the kids and talk about them. So I'll, I'll give you some of the favorites that if, if you want to start a small rock collection that get these, these are neat. Um, but pyrite, number one, fool's gold. Everyone loves that. Find mm-hmm. a big, cause it grows in cubes. So if you can find a big cube of it, that's really cool to show off. Um, everyone loves that. There's one called uh, Ulex light. You, you, I think I'm saying that right. It's also known as the TV rock. Uh-huh. Um, and what it is is a thick kind of clearish rock, but when you put it on top of like writing or something, it brings that writing like to the top of the rock. So it looks like it zooms in on this writing, which is really kind of neat and different. Um, another fun one is Icelandic spar. Um, Icelandic spar is what uh, Vikings apparently use to determine directions they were going. And so you hold it up to the horizon and if the horizon matches it's it's going i can't remember because i don't have it in front of you it's going a certain way so we always have a line i have a line on a piece of paper and they stick the icelandic spar on it and they turn it until the line is completely straight so that they know it's going the right way otherwise it makes two lines or three lines when they look through it so that is a fun one and then any type of rock that glows under black light yeah. The kids absolutely love and go crazy for. And so it's so, just, just just rocks or is it minerals as well? Everything. I do rocks, minerals, yeah. fossils. I have a little bit of everything. But okay. um, like rubies grow or grow. Rubies glow 
under black light. So that's a fun oh, one I to didn't look know that. at. Yep. So, so um, I have the top 10 most beautiful and coolest rocks and minerals in the earth. I want to see if you have any of these in your collection. Okay. You ready? I can maybe tell you. Uh, crocoite? Crocoite? C-R-O-C-O-I-T-E. Have you heard of that? I don't know that one. It looks really cool. You said uverovite, uverovite. Did you say that? Oh, that no. So that those that crocoite, way too fragile. I've seen those before. They're expensive, uh, and they're fragile. I like to let the kids hold and touch. Okay. And so, yeah, that is a. They would not get that one because it's too fragile. So what about uverovite? Uh, I don't know about that one. Let me. I'm not a rock see. hound, obviously. Um, I do. So that is a UV reactive rock. Okay. Um, and I do have one of those. They change color in the sun. So oh. it looks green and normal. And when you go out in the sun, it turns like a purple color. I have a couple of those. Okay. Uh, azurite? Yes. There's, there's sparkly, if I remember right. Azurite's it's blue. blue. Azurite's blue. Yeah. Azurite's I have blue. a couple of those. And they're sparkly. They're pretty. I'm looking. Okay. Uh, tourmaline? Yeah. I have those. Fluorite? Oh, yeah. Tons of fluorite. And I have... <laughs> green and yellow and purple there's tons of fluoride uh opal i got opal uh one of my favorite opals is um it's carved in the shape of an egg because the way opal looks when you look at it through light it kind of gives you a yellowy look so when it's carved in the shape of an egg and you look through it through like sun it looks like the yolk of an egg in there ah too. that is cool but titanium quartz i do have some titanium quartz there they is. look like steel yeah so yeah. cool bismuth Oh yeah, tons of bismuth. So bismuth doesn't, it grows in a lab to look like that. You melt down okay. a bismuth rock, bismuth mineral. And then and when it has it, that geometric like, shape, dries, it grows in that. Yeah. That is so and cool. So, gives it that bright color. More Normally it looks kind of brownish. It's not as exciting. Rose quartz. Oh yeah. Tons of rose quartz and fun things with quartz is if you do a window quartz, so you try and get window um, it's where they polish it in certain ways so that it's, it, you can, like, you can see through parts of it. The rest of it is, uh, yep. like ground, or if you can find, um, hydro quartz where it's actually got water trapped inside of it. Ooh. I have a couple of those underneath. Oh, that's cool. And the last one is rhodochrosite. R-H-O-D-O-C-H-R-O-S-I-T-E. Is that peacock or no, oh, no, I don't have that that I know of. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, those are cool though. I've never gotten into rocks. I remember um I know that they have like like expos, right? Like rock mm -hmm. and mineral expos and stuff like that. Uh, but that's that's really cool. I have a ton. In fact, I just went to a rock place. I and I play the camp card. I'm gonna tell you right now, play the camp card when you're at these places. <laughs> I was just at a place the other day. I think she's like half priced everything. Um, Cause I told her, I'm wow. like, I'm looking for, you know, I have a bunch of what you have. Do you have anything neat? Cause I teach it to campers and I got a ton of cool black light stuff from her. Oh, that's cool. So, well, right yeah. on. All right. I think that's it yeah. for this episode. That's it. Cool beans. Do some STEM. It's fun. Get you, get you some different, get learning. We can learn at camp as well as have fun. Sure. Um, and this also is great for retreat season. Get some schools out there as well. Yeah. And uh, next week we are talking about stations, station events. 
um, things that you can do where there's multiple stations around uh, and it's the, kind of the kids go where they want. Uh, so we'll have a bunch of ideas for you for that. So come on back next week. Awesome. Well, from around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>